Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of SCSCM and Next podcast. My name is Mariangela Pellegrini, and I'm a Next committee member, a postdoctoral researcher at the Hedenhörner Laboratory, Uppsala University, and intensivist at Uppsala University Hospital of Sweden. Joining me today is uh, Dr. Matthew Hjotzwiak. Um, he's an associate professor in the medical intensive care units of the University Hospital of Nice in the south of France. And uh, today we will uh, uh, be talking about his recent uh, ICM publication entitled Management and Outcomes of Pregnant Women Admitted to Intensive Care Unit for Se Severe Pneumonia Related to SARS-CoV-2 Infection, the Multicenter and International COVID-Preg Study. Matthew, welcome to our podcast and congratulations for the great study. So good morning and thank you very much for this invitation. Great, it's a pleasure. So Matthew, a little introduction of uh, your paper. This is the first international study with the, the largest cohort of pregnant women admitted to ICU for severe form of SARS-CoV-2 infection. Could you please introduce the background of this study and why did you decide to perform the COVID-PREG study? Well, together with colleagues, we admitted a number of pregnant women with severe SARS-CoV-2 pneumonia to our ICU during the pandemic. Some of these patients were very, very severe and required the use of venous, venovenous extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. Others were less severe but required intubation. And in fact, in many patients, we asked the question of the potential impact of pregnancy on the severity of the respiratory status and the benefit-risk balance of performing a fetal extraction. And during these discussions, particularly with obstetrician colleagues, we realized that there were in fact no peer recommendation on the management of the most severe pregnant patients, that is to say those admitted to ICU. And thus we had the idea to conduct this international study to describe the management of pregnant women admitted to ICU for severe SARS-CoV-2 pneumonia. I see, it's uh, amazing. And what are your primary and secondary endpoints? In this study, the primary endpoint was to describe the ventilatory management of these patients. What was the oxygenation techniques and ventilatory support used? How many patients required to be intubated? Has the awake front positioning been considered and feasible in these patients? And the secondary endpoint was to assess obstetric management and to report on maternal and neonatal outcomes. Yes, yeah, exactly. And uh, so in your study, you included 32 ICUs um, in France, Belgium, and Switzerland. And in total, you um, evaluate 2,400 more or less uh, patients uh, positive for SARS-CoV-2 and uh, uh, pregnant, pregnant women that were hospitalized uh, in, the, in the participating center. And of those 187 patients were in need of intensive care and they were recruited in your study. And could you please describe your patient's cohort in more details? So overall, we included all consecutive pregnant women over 18 years old admitted to the different ICUs 29 French ICUs, two Belgian ICUs, and one Swiss ICU. For SARS-CoV-2 pneumonia from March 
2020 to December 2021 with a positive PCR uh, for SARS-CoV-2 in nasal swabs of pulmonary samples, and there were no exclusion criteria. Overall, 187 patients were included. Patients were on average 33 years old, and more than half were in the third trimester of pregnancy. The main risk factors were obesity, diabetes mellitus, or pregnancy-related complications such as gestional hypertension or gestional, gestional diabetes. And interestingly, 95% 95, 95 of patients were not vaccinated against SARS-CoV-2 when eligible. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's true. And um, I, I was wondering, uh, you show that COVID nineteen specific treatments as uh, steroids or tocilizumab or prone positioning were used in very few patients. And uh, as you said, uh, um, ninety five percent of your study cohort was not vaccinated against uh, SARS CoV two. Now, in, in light of the therapeutic strategies adopted instead for the general population with severe COVID-19 uh, that came to our ICU, can you please comment on your findings? Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a very interesting result of this uh, study. And these findings may be explained as follows. First, in the absence of strong national or international recommendations, management of pregnant women may differ between countries and between ICUs within countries. Second, pregnant women were excluded from all trials. Thus, it is too difficult to draw valid conclusions regarding the specific population. And third, some of patients were included at the beginning of the pandemic when these treatments were not yet recommended or vaccination available. However, corticosteroids were administered in 84% of patients, which is not so low, but regarding tocilizumab and awake prone positioning, I agree that these treatments have only been considered for a very small number of patients and could be of interest in the management of these patients in case of future pandemic wave. Uh, one, cannot also, one can also not exclude that the low proportion of prone positioning could be explained by the fact that physicians feared potential difficulties with fetal monitoring. Yeah, that's true. And considering this with prone position, uh, could you please summarize the main findings in terms of ventilatory management? In terms of ventilatory management, the main findings are as follows. Non-invasive ventilatory support was mainly preferred as the first line ventilatory support with iflonazole oxygen therapy more frequently used than non-invasive ventilation. One third of patients required several oxygenation techniques and over a third of patients required to be intubated during the ICU stay. The risk factors for intubation during ICU stay were obesity, term of pregnancy, extent of CT scan abnormalities above 50%, and non-invasive ventilation use. Most of these risk factors were expected. Obesity has already been described as risk factor of intubation, both in COVID and non-COVID patients, as well as in pregnant women with COVID-19. Regarding the use of non-invasive ventilation as a risk factor, we suppose that non-invasive ventilation was rather used in most ICUs as a rescue therapy, as in our ICU, than as a preventive early ventilatory strategy. And regarding the severity of CT scan abnormalities, this result was also expected and seems logical 
the greater the extent of abnormalities, the more severe the pneumonia and the greater the risk of requiring intubation. Yeah, this with the, the CT scans and normalities and the association with the risk of intubation, it's a, it's a very interesting results. Uh, and uh, the higher the CT abnormalities, so the, the higher the risk of uh, intubation was. was. Is it correct? Yeah, exactly. Um, once again, I, I think it's very logical and I, I'm sure that we, we could find exactly the same results uh, with uh, areas not related to COVID-19. Yes, we have, we, we have such results, that's true. Uh, can you please summarize your findings in terms of obstetric uh, management and maternal and neonatal outcomes? Uh, well, regarding the obstetric management, the main findings are the following. 37% of women required fetal extraction during the ICU stay mainly due to maternal respiratory worsening. And cesarean section was used in 90% of cases. In addition, fetal extraction during ICU stay was more frequent in intubated patients than in non-intubated patients. And interestingly, we found that delivery improved oxygenation and respiratory mechanics, as attested by a decrease in driving pressure and a trend towards a decrease in plateau pressure and an increase in the respiratory system compliance. Um, it's important to point out that larger studies are needed to confirm these potential beneficial effects of delivery on respiratory mechanics because of, uh, of our very limited sample size. We also observed low maternal and fetal or neonatal mortality rates. Overall, we found a 42% rate of preterm births at less than 37 weeks gestation and preterm births resulted from spontaneous delivery in 10% of cases and from induced deliveries due to maternal respiratory worsening and of fetal distress in 90% of cases. And these results confirm those of previous larger studies. Finally, compared to none or less severe pregnant women with COVID-19, we found a higher rate of maternal and neonatal complications which increased with the invasiveness of maternal ventilatory support. Maternal complications appeared to be due to ICU-related complications rather than obstetric complications, mm -hmm. the most being infections and pulmonary embolism. And rather than a direct fatal impact of SARS-CoV-2 infection, neonatal complications were most probably related to the severity of the maternal respiratory failure, leading to an increased risk of prematurity. I see. And uh, Matthew, you report and also mentioned um, that uh, the rate of maternal and neonatal complication increased with the invasiveness of uh, mechanical of maternal ventilatory support. So, in this regard, what do you think? Is this related to the severity of COVID nineteen, or do you think that the invasiveness of ventilatory support that we apply intubating the patient having an invasive ventilation can per se negatively affect or impact on the maternal and neonatal outcomes? Yeah, good question. Um, in my opinion, this is more related to the severity of SARS-CoV-2 infection than to the direct effect of the invasiveness of ventilatory support, which reflects the severity of the disease. Yeah. So very, very interesting. And um, well, 
thank you so much, uh, Matthew, for sharing your findings and your expert opinion on this so important topic. I think that this work and uh, your results uh, will really help the intensive care community in the future management of pregnant women with acute respiratory failure. So thank you once more, uh, Matthew, for today's podcast. And uh, uh, it has been an honor <laughs> to be here today. And thank you to our listeners and welcome back to the next SCSM talk. So thank, thank you. Thank you very much for your invitation and uh, thank you very much for all collaborators who allow this paper to exist.